Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning. For today's Every Day is Earth Day, I have a guest from California. His name is Chris Anthony. He is the co-founder and co-CEO of a company called Aptera. And I had never heard of this before, but it is a solar electric vehicle company. And so it's it's really a new thing to me, and I wanted to learn more about it. So good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. You know, we've talked all about electric vehicles on this show and all sorts of other things related to renewable energy and that sort of th- thing. And now yours is a little bit unique. It's solar electric. So let's first talk about what is Aptera and what are your, what are your aim to do? Uh, yeah, Aptera, the name, that's Greek for wingless, uh, often associated with wingless flight. So like a pterodactyl, you know, apt meaning without uh, without wings, we uh, we started with first principles engineering to figure out how could we make transportation more efficient. And we found out very quickly that at highway speed in a sedan or an SUV, you burn over 60% of your fuel just pushing air out of the way. So if you can make your vehicle very aerodynamic, then gosh, you get 60% better fuel economy. Then we went through, you know, weight savings and, you know, super efficient powertrains and then found that we could add solar. And we came up with a, a vehicle that gets 350 miles per gallon equivalent wow. um, and can solar charge to do most of your daily driving, getting about 40 miles a day free from the sun um, is, a, is an advantage that uh, a lot of people have uh, have really liked in our product offering. So now, I see uh, that it's interesting because it can do 1,000 miles per charge, which is unheard of because, you know, one of the things I think that is an issue with electric vehicles is the, the charging part of it, and you can't go very far, and so that's why some people are really hesitant about going to an electric vehicle. But this is something you have overcome? Yeah, range anxiety is a real thing, and uh, if you have a 300-mile trip but only a 200-mile range battery pack, then, uh, gosh, you have to find a place to charge. Uh, but our vehicle uses about a fifth of the energy per mile of the average EV. So we go five times further uh, than the average EV on the same size battery pack. So our 100 kilowatt hour battery pack version of the Aptera gets about a thousand miles of range. Um, You know, we think that most people would never drive in one direction a thousand miles unless you're well stocked up on your astronaut diapers. Uh, So it's a a compelling range, um, you know, but a range that uh, that may (laughs) eclipse uh, most people's driving needs. Uh, we feel that kind of over 400-mile range, uh, people kind of forget about range anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, if you have less than 400, then uh, people start to get concerned. Oh, absolutely. Now, the thing about this is, you know, I, I you hear the Prius and all the other hybrids and things like that. And this is not a car, though. That's the thing. At first, I thought, well, this is a car, and it looks very space-age. But Aptera isn't exactly a car. So explain kind of what it looks like and what it is. Yeah, because of aerodynamics, we chose to go with a three-wheel platform. So that saves us weight. It decreases our frontal area, so we have better aerodynamics. Uh, But it also puts us in a a motorcycle, auto cycle category um, in terms of regulations. 
So uh, we're, we're not a car. We're not kind of a sit-on-top motorcycle. Uh, we're, we're something in between. Um, in America, if you have three wheels, you don't have to have a motorcycle's license to drive the Aptera. And because we have body structure over your head, you don't have to wear a helmet. So we exist in kind of an interesting space that allows us to be the most efficient thing possible. But uh, people get to buy motorcycle insurance, which is much cheaper. Oh. Um, and we have a lot less regulatory hurdles to actually get the vehicle into production, which is nice. Of course, the first thing people are going to say is motorcycles aren't nearly as safe as a car. So this is different. And how about the safety issues? Because that's, of course, on top of mind for a lot of folks. Yeah, we know our vehicle looks terribly unique um, because we focused on efficiency, but we don't want people to feel that the Aptera is unsafe. So we, we actually set out not just to design a safe vehicle, but to design the safest vehicle on the road. Uh, so we've gone with a carbon fiber monocoque chassis. It's uh, built much more like a Formula One car or a CRS aircraft uh, in terms of passenger protection. We have a really big uh, crumple zone in the front of the vehicle. It's actually 650 millimeters of crushable space, um, and uh, it, it's superior to a lot of other you know, kind of vehicle crush structures. And our unique shape means that we have great protection for side impact and rear impact and um, actually, the last time we tested our body structure, we had the highest roof crush strength of any passenger car on the road. So we've kind of gone the extra mile to make sure the passengers are super safe um, in, a, in a safety cell that's kind of, you know, above and beyond the characteristics of a steel or aluminum uh, car of today. How would you compare this in size? Like, what would it be compared to? It's bigger than a motorcycle, but it's smaller than a sedan, or where does it range? Yeah, it's deceptive online. When you see pictures, you go, oh, that, that's got to be a small uh, vehicle. But it's really not. It's, it's as wide as a Tesla Model S or Model X. Um, it's as long as a Prius. Um, and the inside cabin space, you know, feels like kind of any small to mid-sized electric vehicle that you've probably been in. The only difference I know is there's only two seats, so two passengers. And then I looked at the back, and actually there's quite a bit of trunk I guess you call it trunk on this space, so you could put a lot of stuff. Because my first thought was, well, I couldn't have this because I couldn't put all my garden stuff in. But you you guys have a <laughs> video showing how much stuff you can put in there. But the only disadvantage is only two people could use this. Yeah, the, uh, the, the choice of topology that we went for was two passengers side by side. So you can enjoy a, a long road trip or commuting um, you know, with a partner. But the teardrop shape means that the headroom gets considerably less in the rear of the vehicle. So uh, there's a lot of real usable space in the rear of the vehicle. You can put a couple of surfboards. You can put a couple of mountain bikes. You can put, uh, you know, several sheets of half-cut uh, plywood and lumber and, you know, uh, go to Costco and fill up the back. Uh, but it is a, a two-passenger side-by-side. We hope to add maybe a third seat or more seats in the future. Um, but for now, we're, we're, we're focused on the 38,000 orders we have for this vehicle and just getting it in production as quick as possible and, and making people happy with solar transportation. Well, now, that's the thing that's different about it is the solar. Is it run only on solar? So it has a battery pack, and if you were to park it inside and it never saw the sun, really, uh, you could get between 250 miles to 1,000 miles of range, depending on which battery pack you choose. But what we hope is that people park it outside, and the solar kind of acts as a trickle charger for your battery pack, and it just always keeps it topped up on charge. So you get about 40 miles a day of free solar charging, but you also have, say, a 400-mile battery pack in it. So you can still drive 400 miles in one direction. Uh, but then when you come home, if you leave it in your driveway to solar charge, 
it'll take about 10 days and it'll it'll charge back up the battery pack by the sun or you can plug it in with an extension cord and charge about 150 miles overnight or you can stop at one of those roadside chargers and charge it in about a half an hour so um, there's many different ways to charge it but we hope people get most you know 98 plus percent of their mileage free from the sun all right so this seems like a really great idea you're in california we're in minnesota how practical is it for us here in minnesota because you know we have short days very very cold days and i was wondering if it's something that would even be practical here yeah you know it's uh, it's interesting when uh, we look at the national renewable energy lab data for the insulation around the u.s and the world uh, people get a lot more sun than uh, they would expect in, in places like minnesota um, in Southern California, you know, you get 11 to 12,000 miles of free solar charging per year. And in Minnesota, you're going to get more like eight to 9,000. So, um, you know, a, a good bit less, but not, you know, n- unuseful. Um, you know, the average American's paying over $5,000 a year in fuel costs. So if you could hedge 85 to 90% of that with solar power in Minnesota, I think people would love to save that 4500 bucks a year, right? So I think there's uh, there's still great advantages for places like Minnesota, Seattle, New York, um, you know, England. We have a lot of orders from England and Germany. Um, those places still, you know, you get a lot of your driving miles free from the sun, so you might as well take advantage of it. Now, KMSU Radio is located on a college campus. We're public radio, and we have a auto mechanics department who has participated in solar car competitions in the past. And in the past, those cars have had giant uh, solar arrays on top of them, so which makes them obviously not very efficient. How are you getting the sun and not having to have that, I guess, impractical uh, panels on top to absorb the sun? Yeah, because our vehicles are uh, made with large composite structures, we've actually built the solar cells into our curvaceous uh, compounding curved uh, comp- composite structures. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting task to take, you know, what is flat panel technology and turn it into something that's uh, very organically shaped, uh, like on our vehicle. But we've been working the past two years on great manufacturing technologies to uh, embed these cells into our body structures, and it's, it's going quite well. Actually, the first pieces of the Eptera that are actually in production are our solar panels, and we're building about 10 solar panels a day right now um, out of our solar plant. So. How would you describe the look of this? It looks kind of space age to me. I was thinking if I had this around here, they would think I was a UFO, perhaps. <laughs> uh, you will definitely get noticed in the Aptera. Yeah. Um, it is a super unique looking vehicle. Um, you know, three wheels. Uh, the front two wheels are kind of pods outside the main body of the vehicle. Um, and if you're driving on blacktop, because the wheels are covered, you can't really see the tires underneath hmm. the wheel covers. So a lot of people that we pass in California, they think we're flying or floating, oh. <laughs> um, and uh, they kind of they, they kind of literally lose it. <laughs> they go, "Oh my God, the future's here! Oh, cars are floating! This is amazing!" Um, and you know, you have to literally point out the tire and say, "No, no, there's a tire under there. Uh-huh. It's rolling. It's just covered." Um, but yeah, this uh, <laughs> this rolling uh, solar powered spaceship uh, will definitely get your attention in Minnesota uh, for sure. But I would describe the shape um, from what we learned from nature, which is we designed the shape of this vehicle through computational fluid dynamics. The computer told us how to shape this vehicle. But when you look back in nature and you see that sharks, when they swim close to the seafloor, they actually put a hump in their back. Um, It's very much the shape of the Aptera. Uh, It's kind of like a shark swimming close to the seafloor, if you like the 
natural comparison. Interesting. Now, you are so new. You've been doing the research for this for quite a while, and you're at a point now where you're producing these solar cars, and you mentioned that you have pre-order reservations. And so I'm just wondering, uh, time-wise, I mean, when are we going to see, be seeing these on the road? Yeah, well, um, yes, you can uh, pre-order the Aptera at Aptera.us. You can invest in our company at invest.aptera.us. Um, and we hope to have a production vehicle uh, in people's hands uh, by the end of next year. Uh, we're finishing up our production vehicle design. We've built several prototype versions of the vehicle. We've ran them around, tested them, took them to the, the racetrack, tried to flip them, done durability, endurance testing, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we feel we have a very uh, clean and um, you know manufacturable design, and we just have to purchase the manufacturing equipment and tooling to start building it next year and get it into uh, at least 30,000 um, lovely Aptera fans. Um, homes <laughs> over time. Um, obviously, we'll continue to get orders uh, as we grow, but um, it's exciting to think that that many people have lined up to say, yes, I, I want efficient transportation. I love the idea of solar mobility. I would love to never uh, pump fuel into my vehicle again or even uh, possibly never actually have to plug my vehicle in, just uh, set it outside and let it charge by the sun and drive, drive, drive. Now, in your news uh, release or information I have, it says you, you hope to have full-scale production in 2023. How many of these cars are ordered in terms of, are they mostly folks from California at this point or in warmer areas? Yeah, about 85% of our orders are from North of America. Uh, more than half of them are from California. Mm -hmm. uh, we think our story uh, rings true to, you know, the sunnier states. Um, and obviously the more progressive states that have uh, adopted, you know, EV technologies uh, already, um, any place that you're seeing uh, high levels of Tesla cells, you're probably uh, going to see high levels of Aptera's as well. But we really want this vehicle to be, you know, uh, a, a worldwide uh, distributed vehicle. We're actually a right to repair company. So we, uh, we will give you the information on how to fix oh. uh, anything that breaks on your Aptera and ship you a part to fix it within 24 hours. If, uh, if you live in the middle of nowhere and you're nowhere close <laughs> to an Aptera service agent or a mobile service truck that could come see you, just go to a local mechanic, go to somebody with, um, you know, could fix dryers or golf carts, and we will send them, you know, the video links to see how to fix stuff, all the information on how to fix it, and you can make sure your Aptera, you know, stays on the road. So we think it's a really unique uh, aspect to our company that, you know, no other automotive or transportation company has really done that we've seen. Well, now that is interesting because, you know, let's say you don't have a dealer here and, and you know, Teslas are not real common here either in, in the Midwest. They're getting more of them. But if you don't have a place to get them serviced, a lot of people would think, well, I'm not going to get that because what if it breaks down and what are the things that could go wrong? Yeah, you know, our vehicles also really simple and electric vehicles in general just don't need that much service. Um, our, our drive package is actually in the wheels. So we don't have a transaxle. We don't have any pumped lubricants. We don't have any gears grinding against each other. We don't have U-joints or drive shafts. Um, you know, kind of everything on the vehicle um, is a million-mile service life type device. So really, the things that you'll need to change on the Aptera are the tires when you wear them out um, and washer fluid. Oh. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very simple vehicle. We try to build it very modularly. So if something does go wrong, you just take out a module out the little bits and pieces and we hope that it's really a vehicle that's built for you know generations of use not years of use you know we want your grandkids 
to be driving your Aptera. We built it to be easily upgradable. You can upgrade all the solar panels. You can upgrade the center infotainment system. You can upgrade the battery pack. Uh, we, we want to see these uh, on, the, on the road for a long, long time and, uh, and hope to support people uh, in their quest to make a better planet for us all. Now, it does have the battery in it, so I assume is it lithium battery of some sort? Uh, it is a lithium battery, yes. Um, we uh, we don't tax the battery nearly as much as a lot of other EVs do, so we're able to use, um, you know, very simple lithium uh, battery chemistries. Um, and, uh, you know, the way the battery pack is built um, is, uh, is interesting and unique, but very energy-dense uh, compared to other packs because we don't need much cooling uh, with other packs. And that's been a reason a lot of folks are hesitant to get electric vehicles is because of the cost of replacing a battery, for example, and also the the fact that sometimes when you have to, when batteries go bad, they create bad um, pollutants or whatever you want to call it in the environment. So how do you respond to, to those issues? Yeah, I mean, people should really think about their environmental impact, um, you know, when it comes to transportation from inception. Um, and because we use about a fifth of the energy per mile of the average EV, that means we use a pack that's a fifth of the size. So that's, uh, that's less cobalt you're taking out of the ground. That's less aluminum, copper you're taking out of the ground. It's, um, you know, it's just more environmentally responsible uh, to start um, with, you know, kind of minimal input to your transportation device uh, than, you know, the, the terrible trend that we see going on in the EV industry is, is EVs are getting larger. You know, pickup trucks, SUVs, um, you know, rolling houses that are now um, EV powered, um, you know, have environmental consequences. It takes a lot of inputs uh, to make big, heavy vehicles like that. Um, you know, there's there's some new entrance to the EV space where the battery pack weighs more than the whole Aptera um, in some of these EV pickup trucks. So, um, you know, we like to use um, every electron that we put to our wheels um, as a very precious resource. And we think that if you use less energy per mile and you use less inputs to create your transportation device, you're just doing, you know, uh, much more good for the planet uh, than you could otherwise. So how much, we hope people like what we're doing. And Yeah. How long would a battery last then? Because I think that's always a concern, especially, you know, in the Midwest, batteries don't last as long. It gets cold, they die. Yeah, you know, uh, batteries are getting, the newer chemistries are much less um, temperature dependent. Um, it's really a function of the purity of materials. And, um, you know, materials have just gotten a lot better in the battery industry over the last decade. Um, so they're not as temperature, um, you know, dependent or, you know, they don't degrade as much with temperature anymore. Uh, but, you know, we expect that our batteries should last 10 to 20 years. Wow. Um, you know, obviously, uh, eventually they degrade. But the great thing about solar um, charging is that you always keep your battery pack kind of topped off. And if you uh, don't deep discharge your batteries, they last a lot longer. So if you can keep your battery packs operating, you know, between 50 and 90% state of charge, the battery packs just last a lot, lot longer. So we think that our solar charging will really have great benefits in keeping our battery packs alive a lot longer than, uh, than other EVs might. So who's the brainchild behind this? I mean, Chris, you're one of the co-founders and you're a co-CEO of Aptera. I'm just wondering, what was it something, some idea somebody else had and you expounded upon it, or how did this all develop? Yeah, Steve had an idea for just what does efficient transportation look like. Now, Steve, who's Steve? Uh, Steve Ambro is uh, my co-founder, and okay. he, uh, he had the idea for, um, you know, kind of a three-wheel topology 
uh, that could be much more efficient. But then as he was doing research, you know, there were other three-wheeled vehicles that had existed over time, Mm -hmm. uh, but none of them really got good fuel economy. And doing the research, he found, oh, it's it's aerodynamic. You know, people are just burning most of their fuel at highway speeds because they're they're driving rolling bricks instead of, you know, beautiful, sleek, fish-looking vehicles (laughs) like ours. Um, so, you know, I, I met him through a mutual friend here in San Diego. I was working on composite structures with my boat company. Um, and I told him, Hey, we should build, uh, you know, an organically shaped monocoque structured three wheeled vehicle and just focus on aerodynamics and lightweight. So we got into computational fluid dynamics and engaged, uh, NASA Langley's, um, computational fluid dynamics lab and, uh, just, you know, started to create what is the ultimate inefficient transportation. And here we are a few years later with uh, what we believe is a, a vehicle that's set to change the world. And one of the things that really surprised me on your site, one of the you have a, a frequently asked questions, and one of the questions was, does that, um, how much does an Aptera vehicle cost? Of course, you think, well, it's got to be a lot of money, right? But I was really surprised that it, it isn't that bad. Yeah, you get, um, you know, carbon fiber, monocoque chassis, uh, solar power, um, zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds with the all-wheel drive, um, you know, comfortable, spacious, um, you know, infotainment available, lots of storage in the rear for right at $25,900. So, um, you know, when you use less inputs to make your vehicle and you use less batteries, and the battery is the most expensive thing in an electric vehicle, you're able to actually create a transportation device that's not that expensive and, and out of the reach of the normal consumer. Yeah, 25900 didn't seem bad because, I mean, any other vehicle, you might pay that much, and, it, and you have it up to 46000 was the top number, and I suppose it could be more depending on, I, I think it bases on how much battery power you wanted because some batteries you have can go farther than others. Yeah, the uh, the thousand mile range battery is a package. So if you get the all wheel drive and the thousand mile range battery, and you get all the other options, you know, it bumps you up above forty five thousand dollars. Mm. Which, uh, which interestingly, the average cost of a new electric vehicle in the U.S. is fifty eight thousand dollars now, oh. and the average cost of a new combustion vehicle in the U.S. is forty eight thousand dollars. So, um, you know, average costs have just gone through the roof, and we think, you know, with our base vehicle only being twenty five thousand nine hundred dollars. Uh, we come in with something that could really enhance people's lives. You buy a $25,000 Aptera and you save $5,000 a year in fuel. After five years, basically, you've paid back the whole Aptera, yet you're still driving for free on the power of the sun. So, you know, the economics of solar power transportation is just, um, you know, something that could really be impactful to people's lives, we think. Does it have any output in terms of uh pollution, that sort of thing? Is there anything that's it's releasing like other cars do? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's uh, there's pollution tied to the electrical grid if you plug the Aptera in to charge it. Um, there's a cost to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a cost to the input material that it takes to, you know, build the Aptera. Uh, but besides that, once the Aptera is built, um, it's charging itself and it's doing its thing and you aren't producing uh, anything except a little leftover rubber on the road when you're uh, peeling your tires off at zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds. but Is that the same as similar to other cars can can uh, power up that fast? I, I mean, I'm not a car person, so I don't know if that's fast or average or what that means. Yeah, you, uh, you cannot buy another vehicle in the U.S. for less than $50,000 that does zero to 60 in less than five seconds. Oh, so okay. So <laughs> RV is very quick for the price. Um, and it's really a function of the in-wheel motors that we use, uh, which are very efficient, 
but because they have a larger armature, uh, they have more leverage to put the power down, and uh, it ends up that they have just a lot of low-end torque. Um, so they're the most efficient motors that we could package, uh, but they're also very torquey, so they, uh, they, they end up taking the Aptera very, very fast. It's a, it's a fortunate uh, consequence of us focusing on efficiency, but it's a, it's a fun one for sure when you're out at the racetrack. So there's three wheels on this vehicle, and each one has a motor that propels it forward, so that's the main reason it goes? Is that correct? Yeah, the, the standard Aptera has front-wheel drive, so there's a motor in each of the front two wheels, okay. and you can get an option to have all-wheel drive, which oh. adds a third motor in the rear wheel. So the, the fastest, sportiest Aptera um, is the one with all-wheel drive. And we have torque vectoring, so you can have you know really good stability in snow and ice. And if you get all three motors, you have a little better uh, stability control nights for people in inclement places like Minnesota and Norway <laughs> and Sweden. Yeah, because I've got an uh, all-wheel vehicle just for the, that very reason. And I'm just wondering, I, you know, you mentioned that I guess you're just starting to get the word out about this. Is that kind of what it is, or have you been in California for a long time? Because I, like I said, I just heard of it, and I just thought this is really an, an interesting concept. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've been humbled by the amount of public support we've received so far. Uh, we have 38,000 orders for the Aptera. We have a crowdfunding uh, going, and we have over 15,000 people that have invested uh, in the company. Uh, but, you know, we're still a blip <laughs> yeah. on the radar of electric vehicles, green um, transportation. So, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to get the word out and trying to inspire people that, uh, that vehicles should charge themselves with the free power we have in our sky, you know, power that can't be turned off by, uh, by dictators or world economic conditions or supply chain issues. Uh, the sun always comes up, and it's always available to charge your vehicle. So we think more transportation should use that power. Do you think NASCAR is going to adapt this? I think it would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the uh, the difficulty with solar power transportation is you really have to have an efficient transportation device. If you took the solar panels off of our vehicle and put them on, say, a Tesla Model S, you would only get maybe six or eight miles of solar charging per day. Oh, okay. You put these same solar panels on our vehicle, they get 350 miles per gallon equivalent, and you get up to 43 miles of solar charging a day. So, you know, it, it, these solar panels don't really work on other transportation unless they get more aerodynamic, lighter weight, and focus on having an efficient powertrain. So, um, you know, we, we like the idea of the, the world of transportation moving our way, getting more aerodynamic and more lighter weight. Unfortunately, that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing things getting bigger (laughs) and, you know, off-road tires, uh, you know, more seats. Um, You know, basically the big uh, gas-guzzling SUVs we're addicted to today are now getting converted into electric vehicles. And, um, you know, it uh, it saddens us because we want to see a more efficient um, world, not a less efficient world. (laughs) So this probably wouldn't convert into things like semis or big um, equipment like that, would it? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking with other transportation um, devices because we have not only automotive-grade solar panel technology that we've been working on for several years, but also uh, solar charge controllers that get the power from the solar cells into your battery pack. And we think th- things like, um, you know, commercial transportation, box trucks, uh, possibly semis, um, and even like uh, the Sprinter vans that are taking Amazon packages all around the nation. Um, all those things could uh, really benefit from solar power 
um, on top. But it's really mostly the commercial sector, not so much the consumer sector uh, that we think would benefit from uh, from solar power that we have today. Well, it's really fascinating, and I appreciate your time. We've been chatting with Chris Anthony, the co-founder and co-CEO of Aptera. It's A-P-T-E-R-A, a new solar electric vehicle that requires no charging for most daily use. And again, how can we find out more information if somebody wants to pre-order one or invest, I guess? Yeah, if you just go to aptera.us, you can reserve your own Aptera for just $100. Um, And if you want to invest in Aptera, it's invest.aptera.us. And if you invest $1,000, you actually get a free pre-order. So it's like getting a 10% discount on your investment. So uh, we're, we're humbled by the amount of people that have come out and supported us both with pre-orders and investment, and we hope your listeners uh, will be interested in what we do and how we're trying to, to change how transportation works in the U.S. Well, Chris, I can tell you, if I had one here in Minnesota, I would sure get the looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope, uh, we hope you'll have one there one day soon. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and uh, this is very interesting, and uh, let us know as things develop. Thank you, and have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Hey, Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner, member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.